I was fortunate as I was growing up to live in a military family. I never uh, served in the military as a uh, soldier or anything like that. But in my upbringing, my dad was in the United States Army some 20-some years. So as we were growing up, as I was growing up, we uh, lived in many places and we served in many uh, locations. Uh, when I think about how we got here to the city of Wilmington, I am really amazed. But God knows what he's doing. Uh, many times we share as a family, and some of the things that we talk about is the fact that uh, how do we get here? And I simply have come to the conclusion God knew what he was doing and the fact that he planted us here because I am originally from, we were originally, David and myself, were born in Jamaica, Long Island in New York City. So we are from that neck of the woods. Uh, my mom and dad were there. My dad was stationed there in that location. And then shortly thereafter, uh, we ended up uh, going to Germany for a couple years, so I've been overseas. There was where my sister was born. She's down here going, I was going to get to it. So David and I was born in Jamaica, Long Island. My sister was born in Germany, in Frankfurt, Germany. And we, there, we were there for a couple years. Uh, then from there, we uh, came here, 1964. And uh, my dad was also stationed in, we went to Fort Bragg. We here went to Fort Bragg for a little bit, and then we came back. Then my dad was stationed in uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky, but we stayed here, and he, commu he commuted back and forth. He would come home on weekends and some other times. Uh, so uh, all that, I mean, when I was coming up, I loved being on a military base. There was something about just being on the base. Uh, I seasoned David and, and Kathy the other day. We were talking. I said, we should be dead or have tremendous cancer because when we lived in Fort Bragg, they had this insecticide truck that would come through with this white cloud and just, just drive through killing the mosquitoes and bugs. And part of the things that we did as young, the whole neighborhood, not just us three, but everybody, we would run behind the truck. When the guys were out on their PT, you know, they had their little flag, and they were, we were right there step for step, you know, and we saw the helicopters come. I mean, we, so when we breathed all that stuff, I'm thinking, man, now that all that stuff is banned and illegal, we should be, you know, it may catch up to me one day, but so far, thank you, Jesus, uh, it hasn't. But I enjoyed all that. But I'm finding out that many of our, Younger people don't really understand the sense of pride. And, and even though I, I tell people, I said, we as the United States of America have a lot of problems, a lot, but there is no place on earth I would rather live with all the problems, with all the racial intentions and all. There's no place on earth I would rather live than here. This still is the best country. And too many people, as in the case of South America, are striving by the thousands, are trying to get to this place because they understand it. I could probably should say that it used to be, and it still is a land of opportunity and a land of freedom, 
and all that. But today has been a set aside. I just want to share just a couple things about uh, what this is and, and pick and, sh- and read a couple of scriptures. Because I understand one thing. When my dad was, uh, he did two tours in Korea and one tour in Vietnam. And uh, I can remember uh, when he was gone to Vietnam, uh, just the separation of families. And, uh, and I think that we who see this thing falling out with the duty soldiers who are stationed overseas, who are going about doing different things, um, we don't appreciate what it means when you leave your family to go from here to go to another foreign country to put yourself in harm's way. Amen? So uh, just want to share a couple of things and uh, take my seat, and then we'll be ready to go eat. I know somebody said, I'm hungry. All right. Veterans Day. Veterans Day was originally known as Armistice Day. It's an official United States public holiday observed annually on November 11th that honors military veterans. That is, persons who served the United States Armed Forces. It coincides with other holidays, including Armistice Day and Remembrance Day, celebrated in other countries that mark the anniversary of the end of World War I. Got it? Major hostilities in World War I were formally ended at the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. That's why we celebrate it on November 11th because of it formally on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918 was when that war ended, when the armistice with Germany went into effect. At the urging of major veteran organizations, Armistice Day was renamed Veterans Day in 1954. Amen? Veterans Day should not be confused with Memorial Day, a U.S. public holiday in May. Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans, while Memorial Day honors those who died while in military service. It is not to be confused with Armed Forces Day, a minor U.S. remembrance that occurs in May, which specifically honors those currently serving in the military. I thought that was interesting, that, that 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month. So they said, you know what? It would be a good idea to have this celebrated on November 11th. Amen. So uh, that was some interesting little tidbits of history. It was temporarily uh, changed back in the, uh, 1967 until President Ford re-signed it. It was celebrated on the fourth Monday of October quite a few years, maybe seven, eight, nine, eight, eight or nine years. Um, it was celebrated October 4th, but it was changed back because President Ford said, you know what, and many veterans are like, no, let's, because you know how we are. We want another day on the calendar to be able to celebrate, to get a day off. So, but they changed it back to uh, November 11th. One thing that it remembers, helps me remember is that uh, whenever I'm reminded, even of Memorial Day, it shows the tremendous sacrifice that people have made for our country. Because it is a federal holiday, some American workers and many students have Veterans Day off from work or school. When Veterans Day falls on Saturday, then either Saturday or the preceding Friday, 
may be designated as a holiday, whereas if it falls on Sunday, it is typically observed on the following Monday, which will be tomorrow. So tomorrow really, I mean, today is the official day, but tomorrow probably a lot of the banks, I know the post office is closed, I know the, the banks and probably all those things are closed. I don't know, the, I don't think the schools are. I know we're not, but, uh, but anyway. So those, that's a little background on, on where that has come from, why we observe it, and that uh, hopefully it gives you a little background on the importance of what that means. Would you have a Bible? Go with me to a couple passages of Scripture. Anybody that has served in the military, and we have a few of our men here today, and women, men and women who have served, one of the things I would think that should be the, would be in the back of your mind is that when you're uh, given the assignment to go to a war, you don't know what's going to happen. You pray that you would come back. So I know how I would be if I was in the military. I would want to know some verses or some scripture that I could take with me so that as I'm going through this, because you got to understand something. Most of, our, most of us have grown up in, in this country, and in fact, all of us who've been in this country have never really experienced war. We have never experienced war on our own soil. You go all the way back to probably the last one I can, if I'm right, would be the Civil War, I would think would be the last one that was really a war that was fought on U.S. soil. So we don't know what it's really like to have war all around us. Now, somebody can say, well, all this stuff is going on around us, Pastor. It's like war. No, it's not. It doesn't even come close. Those who have served and been to war zones and stuff will tell you, you can't, you can't even begin to describe what it's like to be under the constant bombardment of bombs and bullets. Just the fact of walking out of your house, you can get killed. Or not even walking out. We could be sitting here today, and if we were in a war, they might decide just to send a bomb and blow the church completely apart in neighborhoods and stuff. So we don't know what that's like. So we've been blessed by a country, in our country to say, you know what, Lord, thank you. That as of yet, we have not had a war on our own soil. When I watch the news and I see countries as in Afghanistan and in Iran and, and in different parts of the world, and in Israel and Egypt and, and down in various parts of the world over in parts of Europe, when I see that and I see the little babies... And, and the, the, a couple of months ago when they bombed, when they were going through some of the ISIS things, and they were literally bombing hospitals and schools, and you saw some of like the little babies we have here, just crying and just hurt, and, and I just go, man, I can't imagine what that would be like. But I do know this, that in the Word of God, God gives us some scripture. Now, some of this isn't directly tied to war and veterans. But the spirit or the intent behind it is something that many soldiers could take with them to give them comfort because, as my dad would tell us many times when he was in Vietnam, he would talk about the little kids and they would, they would tell them, listen, I know you see these little kids and you're very sympathetic. They look hungry and you want to give them a candy bar. You want to help them out. You can't do that because many of them are booby-trapped and they have bombs strapped to them or, or different things strapped to them so that when you go up to them and you try to help them, not only do they blow up, but you blow up as well. So you need not, you know, I mean, I get it. 
you're sympathetic. You, you, you see that they're hungry and you want to help them out, but don't do that because you put yourself in harm's way. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to see bodies stacked up on the side of the road like we see leaves right now. That's some of the things he told me that he had told me that he experienced when he was in the Vietnam. He said, you know, different, I mean, they were just there. And I always come back to what I hear, you know, the PTSD. My dad had nightmares a lot of times. And a lot of it was what I believe he experienced over in Vietnam and uh, different places. Now, one thing that was humorous, when he was in Korea, he vowed that when he got back from Korea, he did two tours over there. But one of the things he said, he would never ever happen to him in the United States of America is that he would be cold again. He said, I have never been as cold as that have I ever been until I was in Korea. So coming up, and my beloved mother still does it today, it's hot. Now, we're not talking about warm. I have been up there, and she says, are you sweating? I go, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm sweating. Now, she does, she has to, we had to take it down just a notch because she had her way. Ooh, it need to be higher than what it is. But he vowed he wouldn't freeze again. So I just want to share a couple of scriptures with you, and then uh, we're going to have a word of prayer. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This would be something that if I was in the military, because you're in situations, wet, damp, cold, dark, water. I mean, I just, when I worked at UPS, I, I, I did not like cold. When my feet got cold, I was done. I'm like, oh, no. I don't care how many more deliveries I had. When I, my feet went, if they went, I went. I'm calling my, I sent a little message to my Supervisor, uh, I'm hitting in now. Uh, it's cold out here. It's winds blowing, snow's flying. So with all that, I think these verses would be something I, I would have to turn to to be encouraged. Amen. Joshua chapter one says, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you." wherever you go. That would be an encouragement to me. Because I would look at that, I'm like, do I, would I be discouraged? Yes. Would I be weak at some times? Yes. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Well, you know what? When you're facing bombs and bullets and all that, I don't know how you could not be frightened. But here the Lord is saying, do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. Now, like I said, he's talking about with, with Joshua when he was coming out and what he was doing. But even though it's not specifically addressed for this, you could take this verse and, and hang your hat on it and say, you know what, Lord? I'm afraid. You have a right to be afraid. But you said, do not be frightened. And you said, do not be dismayed or do not be overwhelmed. Why? For the Lord, for you, God, for you, Lord are with me, and you're with me wherever I go. Whether I'm stationed somewhere in the United States, whether I'm stationed somewhere overseas, where they don't have all the comforts and things of home. I mean, I can remember a, a good friend of mine went on a missionary journey. He was to Africa when I was at Cedarville. 
And uh, I asked him, I said, so did you take any food with you when you went on this missionary journey? And did you take any, like, candy bars and stuff? Because I can't eat everywhere. To be honest, I can't eat someplace here in the United States. I'm, particu- I'm, I'm a picky person. I don't eat everybody's cooking. Love you, but I can't do it. Mm-mm. Not me. So I know if I'm on a missionary trip to Africa, they're going to have some stuff. That's fr- and sure enough, they went to a, a king or one of the little tribal dudes had a little supper. And I said, so what was for dinner? And he said, you never believe it. I go, oh, yeah, I would believe it. And he said, monkey brains. I said, monkey brains. I said, it's not like it was in the movie where they had the monkey and you just lifted the scalp and there was the brain. He said, that's what it was like. Indiana Jones. I said, oh, no. He said, you had to. We were sitting there. You had to eat it because if you didn't eat it, you would have offended. I said, well, he would just have to be offended because I couldn't do it. I don't like, like some of y'all like pig feet or uh, chitlins. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's why we, whenever we have done it, I've always said we've got to have another side. Chitlins, chicken or something. So I know when I would be in that situation, I would have to go through this first. Uh, do not be overwhelmed. Do not be frightened. Lord, you're with me. Wherever I go, I would have to take that as one of the promises of God. Go with me to Psalms, Psalm chapter 4. The book of Psalms, chapter 4 and verse 8. Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Amen? That's good. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. It's a tough thing to sleep. I mean, I think we take it for granted here, but I know in, in times of war and some of you who have served, it's not easy to sleep. You got to sleep with your, your, your weapon on your side or close by because you never know when you're going to need it to pick it up. But here he says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. I don't know how much good sleep you can get when you've got bombs and bullets flying all around you. But I like what he says, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. In light of the safety conference I just went to, it, a lot of this stuff is common sense things. You, you, but she was the lady that was uh, giving the seminar. She was a former marshal with the U.S. Uh, government, which I didn't know marshals were appointed by the president. You just don't rise into the ranks and say, I'm going to be a marshal. It's an appointed office by the president of the United States. So uh, she was a former marshal, and she does a lot of things with safety schools and churches. And uh, one of the things she talks about is really common sense things. She said, the word, she, he, she, here's the word she gave to us. She said, here are the three things you need to know, regardless if you're in a church or, or a school or you're just out or in your own home or whatever. She said, run, hide, and fight. Those are the three words. Run to a place that you 
hopefully be secure, hide. And if push comes to shove, if you're in a room and you hear the person coming down the hallway shooting and carrying on, whatever you have that you can use as a weapon, just pick up whatever. Pick up your phone, pick up a bowl, pick up whatever, and fight as a last resort. So I thought, wow. And she just had a lot of good common sense. But in the war where which we are living, the war we're, li war we're living in, and in the times of war, oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. You and I went to bed last night with no reservations of somebody doing something or could do something harmful to us or to our possessions. We got out of our cars. We did what we did during the day. We went in the house. We locked the doors, I hope, and uh, turned on some light and did our thing. And then at night, we turn off the lights. We go to bed. And we go to sleep, hopefully resting and trusting in Jesus and in the Lord our God. Because you don't know why your eyes are closed in your sleep. There are people who are roaming around. And they like what you got. Or they may want what you have. And they say, well, there's an easy house. There's no lights on. There's no, nothing going on. And even if you're inside, they're bold enough to break in. And one of the things she told us is, which I said, I was telling Adam, I said, I know so many people, and you might be one of those people. I said, if somebody breaks into my house or if something happens, I'm going to get my gun, I'm going to shoot. I said, you know what? That's easier said than done. People who are trained militarily to shoot to kill or, or law enforcement officers, it's not an easy thing, especially when the person standing on the other side is a human being. You pray you would do the right thing. You pray you would do that. But it's harder than what you think. Amen? Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. The book of 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives, our lives for the brothers. But that's talking about Jesus. By this we know that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. But so many have laid their lives down that served in the military for us. Amen? The Bible says, scarcely for a righteous man would some even dare to die. And you would like to think, those of you who are parents and those of us who are married are not even in that situation. But you would like to think that if your wife or family was threatened, you wouldn't be like some men Take off and run and hide and leave your wife and children to fend for themselves. You're out with your children and something's coming up. You would think as a mother or as a father, you would throw yourself in harm's way. That's what you would like to think. But you don't know that until, and God forbid, you face those situations. Here, talking about Jesus, he laid down his life for us. And he tells us we ought to lay down our lives for the, our brothers that's what military people have done, out of sacrifice and love for country and for the service for which they were in, they laid their lives on the line. I remember back during the Vietnam War, seeing the caskets overshadowed or overlaid with 
the American flag. And years later, recently, they don't show... We had a, almost a front row seat to what was going on in Vietnam and some of our war conflicts because it was on the news constantly every night. We saw the guys walking through the rice paddies. We saw the bombs, the flares, and this and that. We saw the planes dropping the agent. We saw all that. I saw, remember all that as I was coming up. Well, in recent conflicts, they don't put all that on the news for a lot of reasons. They don't want to traumatize people. They don't show caskets coming home with the American flag on it very rarely. Why? Because we were trying to desensitize us from what war really is. And war is not a good thing. But the fact that they laid down their life. Jesus laid down his life, but we ought to be willing, we ought to be thankful for those that lay down their life for us. Amen? And the last one, John 15, the Gospel of John, chapter 15 and verse 13. Gospel of John, chapter 15 and verse 13. Mm. Greater love has no man, has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Amen? Greater love has no man, has no one, that he is willing to lay down his life for his friends. In the military, they teach integrity, honesty, and what we're going through right now, they also teach how to overcome. You have to have the mentality even in the military, let alone in everyday life, and especially as, and as a Christian, to have the ability to be a person of integrity, a person of honesty, and the ability to overcome. Many of you who have served know that you have to overcome your present circumstances. Amen? When you were in that war zone, when you were stationed overseas, you had to learn that this ain't home. I'm away from home. And you had to have the ability to overcome. And one of the things that we're going to learn as to be an overcomer is that one of the things that an overcomer learns is you don't run away from problems. You run right into the problem. You meet the problem head on. You don't duck. You don't hide. You go right to it. And we had the greatest example in the life of David with Goliath. That's what's pointed out in the book. Everybody else was standing on the hillside, and this giant of a man comes out and he, day after day for days, you know, yelling and threatening Israel. Nobody stepped up. And a little teeny little guy that was on the backside of the mountain with sheep went down because his father said, Go take some food to your brothers, go see how they're doing. He goes down, he sees this guy, he sees everybody else, and they're just standing there and they're, they're afraid. And he's like, wait a minute, he's talking about my God? He's talking about my people? Oh, no, he can't have this. I'll go. He met the problem head on. And the king says, well, wait a minute, you need some armor on. And he tried to put his armor on David. David says, you know what? This ain't going to work. It's too big. It's too clumsy. I just, I got to be who I am. He goes down by the brook. He picks out five smooth stones. He was an expert with a sling. Some of us are good with guns. Some of us are good with bows and arrows or whatever. He could take a sling and... And God took who he was, his willingness to go fight this giant.
And what God did was he took the rock, and David only needed one. He, didn't need, he took five, but he only needed one. When he wound up and threw it, shot it right at Goliath, it landed, and it went through his forehead and killed him. And then David went up and whoosh, chopped his head off and said, here's your threat right here. Overcome. Meet the problem. To do that, you have to be willing to do that in the military. You can't be afraid. You got to sometimes meet your problem head on. One of the expressions I like, and I'm getting very close here, is I like, I like to watch uh, NCIS on Tuesday nights, Mother Moon Military. And one of the things you always hear constantly is they say, I got your six. I got your six, which means they got your what? Got your back. If you watch any of the times on TV where they show these crises when the when the first responders, when the TAC teams go in, I learned something too. TAC teams are not there to save your life. The first guys that get there with the guns and all that, they ain't there. You could be laying on the floor bleeding. That's not why they are there. There's people following behind them that's going to come and help take care of your medical needs. Their response, their first thing to do is to get the person who's shooting. And if you watch them, there's four, they, they, they travel in quads. There's two in front, two in the back. And the guy's here, and the guy's behind them. So they're always got, somebody's got their back. Guess what? We as Christians ought to have each other's back. That's a sad indictment that all this stuff that the military teaches and, and, and stri strives to impress upon the mind, as Pastor R.A. Williams would say, keep sounding down in their ears. Listen, why do you think they put you through boot camp? Why do you think they put you through basic training? To teach you how you should survive when you have to face war. Well, guess what? In the church, there is a boot camp. There's some training you need in order to survive what's out there in the world. What's that camp called? It, can't, it entails three different aspects. Number one, Bible school. Number two, Wednesday night. And number three, Sunday morning. You need to have the drill instructor teach you how to survive in this world from the Word of God. If they do that there in the military, why is it so hard for us to pick that up here? Do you realize everything that they learned there, all, it comes from? The church, it comes from the Bible, it comes from some spiritual aspect. We as Christians should set, we as Christians should set the example. Why? For all that the military teaches is really a Christian standard of behavior. It is what our Lord and Savior has said should be our behavior. Amen? Being a servant, being a person of integrity, being a person of honesty, being an overcomer, being on time, all those things. That's nothing new. God has already told us to do that way before. This, what they teach there is nothing new. Go back to the book of Genesis. Go back to the book of Exodus when Moses was taught how to deal with people. He was overwhelmed with all this stuff, and somebody said, wait a minute, here's what you need to do. Delegate and let them do this, let them do that. Don't wear yourself out trying to do everything. Amen? So today we are going to recognize all of you who are veterans.
again for your service. We say thank you. We thank you that God allowed you to come back safely. Amen? We appreciate what you do because you did what so many of us were not to do. I fortunate right at the time before the draft, they changed the law. It used to be you got a certain age, your number came up, you had, there was no option. You had to serve. Now we have an all-volunteer army. In Israel, it's not an option. Man or woman, when they, you have to serve. It's required. It's a requirement in their nation that whether you're female or male, you will spend some time in the military. Amen? So we want to say thank you for all that you have done. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word.